0: Welcome to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, the Director of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bible Teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work to make Christ known among the nations, go to traincpe.org. To discover more about our radio ministry and our fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We have a new website we want to steer you to. It is savingevangelicals.com. It links you to the website testyourtestimony.com. There you'll find an interactive experience that guides you in testing your testimony of saving faith. Second Corinthians 13.5 commands that those in the church do just that. Test yourselves, it says, and see whether you're in the faith or don't you know that Christ is in you unless you fail the test. So go to SavingEvangelicals.com or TestYourTestimony.com and take the test. We've been considering the spectacular elements of the Christmas story. The impact of Christ's coming goes on today. It has changed the story surrounding the deathbeds of those who have become his followers. It's changed the great points of joy in their lives. They now rejoiced in the realized promise of redemption from sins, of forgiveness, of adoption into God's family. The darkest moments cannot outshine the spectacular of Christ given to us. And so they they hurt in these neighborhoods if there's somebody who's a derelict individual or a person who's lazy or a person who is destructive and yet these are the individuals that God came and God changed in such a way that the light that bared out from their life and impacted those in their community was so great, it wasn't to be compared with the way they tried to manage their society and their community before that, to try to police it and hold down the worst impulses in people by their, their cultural and social controls. Something radically had transformed their lives. It was so great that it it led to the spawning of churches throughout those communities and people shifted in those places to be communities of light and life because of an individual who encountered the perfect life of Jesus Christ. When a person dies, corruption is not only the only thing they experience. Corruption doesn't just come, I should say, upon their bodies at death. It also comes upon many people's reputations. You find that once great men who were honored by all kinds of individuals once they die all their secret sins rise to the top and they produce thorns and thistles for those who come after them but that's not so with Christ his life has continually produced gracious fruit for those who truly experience and know him and encounter the one sinless human in all of history without him there would be no spectacular sermon on the mount no happy beatitudes no golden rule, to do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Christ's life is still spectacularly changing lives from destruction and ruin to lives that distill light and life on all those around them. And we have experienced this. We're here because of that experience. And our lives, I trust, are manifesting that light to others. Because of Christ's coming, by the way, in his birth, we also have the spectacular of wonderful deathbeds as well in our civilization. I found this quote by Gorbachev, the atheist communist leader at the end of the USSR. He gave this overview to human life. We are born, we live, we suffer, we die. Isn't it encouraging? Bertram Russell, another famous atheist, summarized human life saying this i see only darkness bleakness and despair that consider that in contrast to those individuals who have lived christ and found christ and know christ when they come to the end of their lives charles wesley's dying words were these i shall be satisfied with thy likeness satisfied 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 the puritan thomas goodwin said this when he was dying, ah, this is dying? How have I dreaded as an enemy this smiling friend? Many times I've been told the story of those who met their death with bright eyes and words like repeatedly saying glory, glory, glory or it's wonderful or do you see him? The missionary Adoniram Judson, at the end of his life, as he was contemplating death, said this, I am not tired of my work, neither am I tired of this world, yet when Christ calls me home, I shall go with the gladness of a boy bounding away from school. I can relate to that. What spectacular experiences, because of the spectacular coming of Jesus Christ, that is still dawning in our age. With all those experiences, we have this, the experience of personal redemption that has come to us following that first Christmas appearance. If Christ had not come, there would be no great redemption. There would be no saving work, no talk of turning back from the deed, no forgiveness of sins, no individuals in that forgiveness who become ambassadors of that forgiveness to others and are given power as a result of the great forgiveness that is theirs to forgive all those who have sinned against them. No clothing of ourselves in the fresh, unsolid righteousness of Jesus Christ. No adoption to claim ourselves members of God's family. No birth into that family again and anew. No liberation from the snares and bondage of habitual sin. No progressing into bold likeness into Jesus Christ. No being transformed into his likeness. No reconciliation in a relationship with the God of all creation. No hope of being raptured into eternal life. No hope for today and bright hope for tomorrow. No blessings all mine with 10,000 besides. No anticipation for a day of final justice in the midst of an unjust world. Do you do that? Do you find yourself at times saying, one day justice will come. Oh Lord, bring the day when justice will come. But You know, you can't really hope for that unless you also know that you're prepared yourself to meet him on that day. And you're prepared for the justice that he will issue in that moment. And you know yourself to be covered in the justice, the righteousness of Jesus Christ in such a way that your sins will not be accounted against you. But instead he'll say, blessed are you. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Because Christ has come, all these experiences are ours. All these blessings are gladly numbered by those who have found Jesus Christ and who truly know how to celebrate the Christmas season for the right reason because they found him by faith as their Savior and Lord. But let me just say this as a conclusion. Our fourth little point here. I want you to note that all these spectacular experiences expand on into history. Still, much of the world goes on as it always has. All the darkness of the time in which Christ came, all the darkness that followed after, all of it is still saturating our land and our lives. Today many who claim the experience of Mary and of Joseph and of Zacharias and Elizabeth have the piercing sword of sorrow come upon them and they know the evil powers of this world pressing in upon them. But they're not shaken. They see it, they see it all around them. There is a bit of a challenge for us in the Christian world. We oftentimes want to see immediate results in the world around us because Christ has come and we know him. We feel as though that God is losing traction or is not fulfilling his promise because elections don't go our way. Because nations turn in odd and strange directions. Because persecution comes, and not only comes, but it abounds, and it is abounding in many places right now around the world. And I expect one day it will abound here too. That's how it was. That's how it was after that first Christmas morning. That's how it will continue to be until the clouds are torn in twain and the trumpet sounds, and that one who came before comes to judge and comes to save those who are waiting for him and draws to himself. But we know, like Zacharias and Elizabeth and Joseph and Mary, we know the promise that has come, and we're not shaken. We know that Christmas came. We know that Christ has come. We know the promise has been given to us in spectacular ways and that the fullness of all those promises are yet ahead of us. This is was ahead of them and so we endure with our eyes on the promise and we stand on the spectacular of our Savior coming for us, holding fast to Him. In His light, we sing. We sing in the night. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, not one of us in all of our worship and all of our praise wipes away from our mind reality. We are not in denial. Not one of us in all of our celebration of a Savior and knowledge of His coming and His work in our life has forgotten we learn over time that man is born to trouble like sparks fly upward. And we see the accumulation of miseries upon our earth because of the willful resistance of individuals to your purposes and your designs and to your presence and your rejection their apathy is only an expression of a deep antagonism towards the reality of a savior that would come and invade their lives and change them and we see the impact of these things and you told us that these times would grow and they expand and yet we celebrate still and we rejoice and we praise because we have encountered a spectacular savior. And all the lights of Christmas and all the joys of its celebration are born in our hearts by faith in you. We know the moment of forgiveness. We know the moment of realizing that God condescended to the lowest place to save us, to reach us in our sins. We know, God, the complete failure of our moral efforts We know the shame of our confidence in our own goodness, but we know the gladness of finding that our Savior was good, completely good and righteous, and gave himself for us, for us, so that we might take him and partake of him and claim him as our life and as our light, and he lives within us, and he is king within our hearts. And we know the expanding work of that kingdom in our lives, and we have confidence that that work will one day be expressed through all the earth. And the scripture will be fulfilled that one day the knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And we exalt and we praise you. And we thank you as a result. This celebration, this joy, this praise, this spectacular season is not an Irony. It's not a a paradox that only accents the darkness of the age. It's a promise of the light that is ours and that is coming still. We pray for those who are so absorbed in the concerns of this age that they do not see this light. We pray for those whose hope is resting on outcomes of princes and men and their power. And not in the one who is the Prince of Peace, who brings to hearts today his peace, his life, his transforming grace. We pray for such a shallow and false faith that you would break through to bring them low to yourself where you came low to meet them and save them. And then, oh God, we will rejoice in the spectacular of this age, in the coming of our Saviour in this Christmas season. And we shall sing in the light that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening to the ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites, Go to traincpe.org this to has learn been more about, about the work we're doing ministry all over the world to equip and the body of Christ and the of life church the personal in Boise, evangelism, Idaho. Idaho. to and church planting, or to learn about our work in your of community, life go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next Boise time, may God bless you. Until the next time, God bless you.